Welcome to the Cult Creator Experience. Successful content creation to build powerful connections. A podcast designed to help passionate experts and entrepreneurs launch a podcasting platform, successfully build a following, and become industry leaders. Hi, I'm Matt, and I'm the founder of Cult Media and the host of this podcast. I'll be sharing my experience and insights of over 15 years of content creation. And along the way, I'll be seeking out other cult creators to learn from their wisdom and expertise. In today's episode, we are talking post-production. Now, I've been in post-production for over 15 years. And those of you that know me might be expecting me to be talking about my soundscaping, sound design, pro tools, editing, mixing, compressors, EQs, all that good stuff. But post-production is one of the most disliked subjects in podcasting and content creation. It can become a huge time sap and stress for lots of people. And because of that, it is one of the most outsourced tasks of podcast production. So today, I'm not going to dive into Pro Tools editing and sound design. Instead, I'm going to ask the big question, do we even need post-production or editing? Well, before we argue the pros and cons of post-production, please take a second to follow us on Instagram at cult.media and on your podcasting app of choice. As I've said, I've spent over 15 years working in post-production. And I can say it's been an eye-opening experience. Working in the final stages of a production reveals all the minor issues that have now become major mistakes, the variation in quality versus budget versus planning, and the possibilities to add something special to already incredible content. And in this episode, I will seek to answer the question, do we need to edit or have post-production? After all, I've spent the last seven episodes telling you how planning as best as possible will reduce the need for fixes later in the process. But I do believe that editing and post-production can level up your content and it's not to be overlooked. So with that in mind, I will be discussing my editing fundamentals, how marketing affects your post-production process and designing a repurposing strategy. So let's get into my editing fundamentals. And we're going to start with my mantra when it comes to editing. You should edit or post-produce your content to enhance your listener experience. Not to fix mistakes that were made earlier in the process. You should fix all of the issues before the microphone, not after it's been recorded. Enhance, not fix. Does this mantra work? Absolutely not. But the sentiment of getting the content right before post-production is very effective at reducing costs and ultimately stress. So let me unpack this a little bit more. If you can read your script in one take perfectly, then it will require minimal editing and post-production. There you go, it's that easy. Just do it in one take, right? But it's not that easy. Experienced podcasts and content creators know that it's not always possible to do it in one take. So how can we increase our odds of that one take wonder? 
Well, we can rehearse the script. We can test the kit. We can share the script with someone to proofread it. And we can choose the optimal time to record with a lower risk of being disturbed. And this, of course, still doesn't guarantee getting your podcast perfectly in a single take. But it does increase our odds of success. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate as I often do on the Cult Leader program. Everyone is different. And this is why I specialise in bespoke podcast coaching strategies. We can't expect every podcast to work in exactly the same way. So if it is less stress and you can afford the time and the money, taking as many takes as you need might be the better method for you. There is no right or wrong way to create a podcast. But, after much digression he gets to the point, the multi-take approach is where editing is a must. You can't just upload the repetition of you going, uh, ooh, uh, you have to edit it. So the more takes you do, the more editing you need. But I don't want to put that pressure on you to get it right first time. We're all learning, it's all good fun, keep going. I touched on another example in the last episode about the production phase of my cult creator experience. And that was the recording space and equipment. If your room is noisy, full of echo and the AC is on, we're going to have a really shitty job to try and fix all that in the edit. Combine that with a cheap microphone or damaged equipment and bad recording techniques and you can see how this all adds up to a sad face for podcast producer Matt. Again, we have to try and edit to improve the audio. It needs it. It has to be edited, but it will take longer than if we had the right equipment in the right space and the right training. And for my next editing fundamental, I want to call back to our podcasting product and your podcasting promise. We made a bold statement around who, what, when, where, why, how in the product phase of the cult creator experience. Did we directly define in that statement our post-production requirements? For instance, did you say live show? Now on first glance, this might appear that you don't need to do any editing, it's a live show. But you might need audio or video assets to play during the show. Maybe some on-screen text and some graphics. These all need to be created. And that's all post-production. That happens before the production. You might have said that your show is a documentary or magazine style. Now these will 100% require careful and purposeful editing. You cannot do a live documentary. Maybe you said things like actionable or value-packed in your content commitment. In this case, the early interview ramble about the weather might not be relevant. Or lots and lots of sponsor ads might lose the attention of your audience. So is it actionable and value-packed if we've got this 11-minute monologue at the beginning that just loses people? However, if you did promise raw and uninterrupted content, then you've given yourself a hall pass for post-production to some extent. And we'll come back to this point later on. On to my next editing fundamental. User experience is everything nowadays. Even Google are starting to rank websites about how user-friendly they are not just the content on them. And given our goal of growing a cult-like following of passionate advocates and superfans, 
we need to greatly consider the listener experience. And I break down the audio consumer user experience. First, I consider quality. This is the quality of the audio itself. It should be clear, intelligible, free of hiss, clicks, extraneous noises, including echo beyond echoes or reverbs, creative use. How does that audio sound? Is it nice to listen to or is it hard to listen to? Next, I consider time. The listener's time is precious. You should demonstrate respect for it by ensuring that the podcast is tidied up and not full of off-topic subject matter. And nobody wants to listen to someone think. So edit down those long pauses and keep in mind that listener's time. Next is value. It's a subjective measurement that depends entirely on the show. But if you're promising something, make sure your podcast delivers it. I fear in my early episodes of this podcast that I created more questions than answers. But in reality, that's what I wanted from those early coach episodes. But I considered it. Am I providing what I'm promising as a podcast? Was it helping you in those first coach episodes by not sharing my insights, but instead telling you what questions I would look for or things I would consider? Value is a combination of content and time, and we need to make the balance just right for our listeners. There's an interview technique whereby the interviewer doesn't respond to the answer, especially if it was long and rambly. So the interviewee finishes what they were saying, they wait, they briefly feel uncomfortable, and then to break the silence, they summarise or more succinctly answer the question again. And in the edit, it's often the short answer which is the better one. So you can try that in your podcast. Another consideration of my user experience is the emotional responses. How does your listener feel when they consume your content? Maybe crutch words like um and ah can become frustrating. Or if someone is sharing a powerful story, it can cause sadness or motivation. With these two examples, you would edit one to remove the content, and with the other, you might create space for a message to really hit home. Another part of user experience is engagement. You might have some contributors adding content to your show, but if they're doing this, it needs to be of a good standard so it doesn't jar against the rest of the show or make the listener experience less than great. So if you've got people sending stuff in, advise them on how to get the best audio recording. Again, quiet space, good microphones, headphones on, alerts off, not next to a fridge. And that's just considering your user experience. I don't want some random bit of audio to sort of frustrate or annoy someone. And the final thing about user experience for me is adverts. Most audiences across content are used to some form of advertising, right? But how many is too many and will result in people choosing not to listen because it takes too long to get into the show itself? There are some hosts that have an advert jingle. This can become very tiresome if it's overused. And finally, is the advert relevant for your audience? Are you going to be selling high-end Rolexes on a kid's bedtime story podcast? Maybe. Mum and dad might be listening too. Could be crazy. Could be genius.
On to another editing fundamental. Another argument for editing and post-production is ethics. Is it ethical to change what someone said and the way they said it? A great example of this was one I saw on the Netflix documentary The Jinx and the Life and Deaths of Robert Durst. At the end of the series, the show was edited to alter the order in which comments were made. And this was done to support the narrative and to make better sense. But it did imply more guilt than perhaps the raw footage would lead you to believe. So should we edit if it could be deemed unethical? When it comes to ethics, it boils down to one simple question. Why are you editing it? It might be a request from the contributor themselves. They may have breached an existing agreement with a third party, or they simply made a mistake and said something they shouldn't. If you had a prior release signed to say that all the content could be used, do you have to make the change? If someone's asked for it, do you have to make the change? Well, it depends on the situation, right? If it's a true crime podcast, you might need that content to tell the story. And that's my next point. Do you need to edit to tell the story more effectively or from a certain point of view? You might only need specific information to suit the objective or the narrative of your podcast. And I assure you that every documentary would be well over 30 hours long if we left in all of the interview for every person. So we need to make sure that we choose the right parts and only add what we need or want. And are we editing with empathy? Did the guest make a mistake, stumble, did they get emotional or just have a frog in their throat? We need to consider both your audience and the guest at this moment. Is the content distracting for the listener? And how does that guest want to be perceived? And should we be shaping how someone else is perceived. Which brings me to one of my brand pillars, which is authenticity. Are we being authentic if we are fabricating a story? Loosely based on fact. Obviously, if we create a fiction story, yeah, we're being authentic. But where is the line between being considerate for our audience's precious time and attention and not being true to what was captured in the moment? Are we curating... Or are we being creative? And I'll share another example. Uh, About three or four years ago, must be four years ago now, I was editing a podcast and the guest was a producer. He shot aerial footage. He had a production company. He was nervous. He'd never done a podcast before. And to be honest, he was very new to the film business. It was something that was a hobby that... He was just really good at and it was taking off and he was really successful and shot some amazing drone stuff. So there was a little bit of like nervousness, maybe imposter syndrome, but essentially he stumbled. He didn't stumble a little bit. He stumbled on every single answer. It made him sound, to be fair, stupid. It made him sound incoherent. He knew what he wanted to say, but he kept starting the thought and having to stop or go back, or he was falling over his words. And the answer was in there. It just took him three or four times to get the answer out. Now, if I hadn't have edited that podcast and made the 
creative choices, if you will, to edit out a lot of those stumbles and those falls. Is that being authentic? Is that fair of me to do that? In this case, yes. He actually got in touch with the host when it went out live and was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I was so nervous. I hated doing the interview. I was so afraid that I just looked like an idiot and I had massive imposter syndrome. But this is really cohesive and I'm really happy I did the podcast. Thank you. Now, he didn't get to choose what I removed. I removed it as the producer. So in that circumstance, yeah, it worked. Does it work in all circumstances? No. Another editing fundamental of mine is engage, educate, and entertain. And we all want our podcast to be engaging, educational, and entertaining, yes? Now, if a show is too long, we might lose engagement. If the delivery is hard to follow, we won't be able to learn. And if there's too much going on, it might be far from entertaining and actually become really hard to listen to. Post-production and editing can ensure that our content is in the best condition to engage, educate and entertain. And my penultimate editing fundamental is storytelling and soundscapes. And it's not to be forgotten, there are lots of incredible fictional stories, dramas and documentaries that all harness the power of storytelling with sound. These shows are all edited to the hilt. They have to be, unless you've got a team of sound artists right there with you, doing it as you record your dialogue straight in, just like they used to on the radio, thunder noises. Storytelling can be done by simply pacing the dialogue to make it slower or more frantic. It changes how you hear that person delivering it. It changes how you hear that person delivering it. It changes how you hear that person delivering it. It could be a music choice to add some light-hearted emotions with plucky pop. Or a sad string orchestra to pull you down into despair. These are all topped off with detailed and layered soundscapes of crashing cars, rushing rivers and comedy collapses. And my final editing fundamental, and it's one I've been guilty of far too many times, over-editing. A prime example of why editing should or shouldn't be done is the impact over-editing can have on your show. You could be removing every breath, causing your listeners to feel anxious or hold their breath too, which is never a good thing. You might be tightening up every single pause, leaving you with almost one 20-minute long sentence. Or you might be deleting a comment you consider off-topic, And then, 15 minutes later in the podcast, they refer back to that point as a callback. Now, you've either got to cut the callback moment that might be really good, or you've got to head back into the timeline and undo and re-edit the initial comment back in. Is that more time than it's worth? Perhaps. Over-editing can remove the emotion and the thought from your podcast. If your guest needs a minute to share that tough story, 
taking that pause out will lose some of that emotion. People think, and they need to tell stories in their own way. I'm making a really strong case here for like not editing at all, aren't I? But the point I want to make is that there's no right or wrong editing of content. You'll have to use your best judgment, you can ask professionals for help, and listen to your followers to know what works and what doesn't. And in my opinion, as long as you aren't editing to cause harm or distress, and instead you want to produce content that is memorable and impactful, that's the right attitude to have. Okay, so we have considered if our content needs to be edited or post-produced. Now we need to consider the publish and promote phase of our next step, which is to collaborate. We need to think about how we're going to market the podcast. I did say this process is not linear, right? We'll go backwards and forwards in every phase. So how are you going to share your podcast? Well, in the pre-production phase of my cult leader program, we deep dive into how you acquire listeners. And not just any old listeners, listeners that want your content and come back week after week. So while in post-production, we should be mapping out what our listener acquisition looks like. These will be the touch points a new listener will have to discover, listen, and ultimately follow your podcast. So we think about that user experience. How easy will it be for them to find your show? It could be an advert, social media post, a comment on a forum, or email marketing if you've got a list already. No matter what the path is to press that follow button in their podcast player, you will need media other than your podcast audio alone. And with this, we consider them marketing assets. We know where people are going to engage or get the opportunity to learn of your podcast. We need to create those assets to be in those locations. So for Instagram, we might have some artwork or an audiogram. For Facebook and LinkedIn, we might have a sort of scene lift or short excerpt to get the audience wanting to learn more about your podcast. It could be a live on the multitude of platforms that allow video streaming, or perhaps it's a blog directly sent to your email list. All of these touch points need media, images, copy, video, and extra audio. And these assets will require post-production. So do we need to edit? Yes, you need to edit your marketing assets. You need to create those assets for people to discover you. Now with all these assets, we need to identify what our messaging is, who it's for, and what we want them to do more specifically. Posting an image of your podcast artwork with a caption saying, listen now, is not going to cut it. We should be selling the content, telling the viewer how it will change their lives and where they can find it. So think about your visuals and your copy with every post. What are they going to do? Do be aware, though, of clickbait behaviours, right? Don't make promises you can't keep. Don't mislead people. This gets in the way of you being seen as an authentic, and that's important. Now, a highly outsourced post-production item is producing show notes. But if they are thought through and planned for, they can be done at the same time as your post-production editing. And I recommend that everyone uses a templated document to prepare for each podcast episode. I use one document to gather all of the research and then I create the questions all in this one Genesis doc. 
And you can then use that document as you record the episode because your research is there, your questions are there. And then when you're doing post-production, you can use it to create the show notes because you've got that guide of things you are going to talk about. And as you may have noticed, there is a lot more to post-production than editing audio and learning audio engineering. There is a lot of potential copywriting. And you can really utilise the post-production process to practice and hone your copywriting skills, if you aren't already a copywriter, of course. Although I think a good professional would always be sharpening the sword and would continually be seeking to improve their skill set. I don't expect you to be creative writing incredible ad copy, but taking regular notes and being present can really help build the framework for larger copywriting, like a blog or intriguing social media captions. So keep notes, make sure you're aware of what's happening while you're doing the editing. It really helps further down the line. And the last thing I want to talk about in podcasting post-production is repurposing. So let me share how that works. By making the marketing assets, practicing your copywriting, and editing with the listener in mind, we are essentially thinking ahead of how we repurpose our podcast or video. Repurposing is honestly one of the best things about creating content, because it allows for one larger piece of content to become lots of smaller pieces. This is not only great for you as a creator, not having to pump out idea after idea, but great for your followers. Not everyone has 45 minutes for a podcast or 15 minutes for a video, but they might have 5 to 10 minutes on social media. By producing smaller and varying formats of content, you can reach different types of audiences. So how do we do it? Well, repurposing content started all the way back in the people phase of the cult creator experience, when we went out to find our ideal listeners. We have all of that information to know where our listeners are, what platforms they're using, and even what they like about those mediums. A good example of this is 45% of TikTok users are not on Facebook. This means that if you're just posting to Facebook, you might be missing the right followers for your podcast. So once we have a good idea of where else we need to be, other than on our hosting platform, we look to innovate our podcast or video to match the content styles elsewhere. A quick example just off the top of my head could be, uh, let's say I have a cryptocurrency podcast. I have the audio on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, the lot. And then I'm going to market the podcast on Instagram because I know that's where my audience is. And I'm going to use some show-specific artwork. I'm going to share some quotes and an audiogram. But I'm also going to post three TikToks about the subjects we discussed in my podcast episode. I will also have the show transcribed and that will help me write a blog for my website. And I will use that blog to then outsource to someone else to write a blog for another platform like Medium. And all of them will have exactly the same call to action, to listen to that specific podcast episode. And then after a series, I might create a book about how to navigate crypto from all of the blogs, podcasts, comments, and who knows, after a series, I could create a book about how to navigate crypto from all of the blogs, podcasts, comments, and social media questions. 
And then I can sell that book or it can become a lead magnet and the success of this book will lead to me getting a speaking tour about the safety and future of crypto. And then I'll be famous and happy. Maybe. Okay, that was fun, right? An overnight success in a few sentences. So how can we ensure that our initial content, our podcast, is in the best condition to repurpose? Well, apart from having high quality audio, you should consider whether the content is evergreen. Evergreen is a subject matter that isn't specifically time sensitive. News is a great example of content that is not evergreen. But there's also dating your content without even knowing it. Making comments about politics or events in the show can date it and make it feel less usable in the future. After all, you're not going to go back and listen to the football scores or the X Factor finalist podcast in 12 months' time. You might, but odds are you won't. Podcasting is an archival medium, and that is often consumed by listeners months or years later after publication. Talking about the season or doing a Christmas special doesn't lend itself to being evergreen content. And also, if your guest mentions a date in your podcast, clarify the specifics of the date and time. So they say something like, oh yeah, the book launches next week. It's your duty as the host to be like, next week being the 12th of April 2022, right? Yep, on we go. This could even be dropping topical comments that might not be relevant for future listens, like the weather or what people have done that day. It might not be relevant in the future, right? And I'll wrap up with my favourite part of repurposing, and that is old but gold. Your most successful content is the best content to reshare. The old but gold principle is an effective time saver and often yields great results. If you have content that gains huge amounts of traction with lots of comments and shares, then this is the content to re-release. If time appropriate, of course, you can't push out the same thing every week. Or can you? Well, with clever repurposing, you can push the same thing out multiple times in multiple formats. For example, you might have a podcast episode with a mindset and motivational coach. This podcast episode was hugely successful for a number of reasons. The interview was good. Well done, you. The guest was engaging and with a large audience. Lucky us. And it was jam-packed with actionable mindset hacks, tips and tricks. Firstly, we could create a summary episode at the end of the series to call back to that interview. But we could write a blog about the guest, which is good for SEO. We can take the top tips from that episode and we can make a PDF. We can do a social media series and we might even create a video about those top tips. We can refer to the guest in other content that we might create in the future and tag them and discuss their points in other interviews, if relevant, of course. And we could even use the podcast episode itself as a reference to a talking point in forums or Twitter. People are like, hey, I spoke to this person, they have some opinions on that, here's the episode if you want to listen. You're not pushing the sale of your podcast, you're helping them answer a question. And a year later, 
when you take a holiday, you could republish that episode as part of your favourite episode series while you're in the Maldives chilling out, right? Now, this content is not spammy or aggressive marketing. The content is valuable, and not everyone is online at the exact right moment to see your original posts. And everyone prefers to consume content differently. Some might dive straight into your podcast as it's released. Others might need to see the post to remind them to then go and listen to the podcast. And some people might just head straight to your blog and never listen to your audio. And then there's some people that just enjoy getting the key takeaways and highlights from social media. And that's okay. And we know that using this content will have a modicum of success because it has been prior. So use that old but gold content. Make it go further than you ever thought possible. These episodes are getting longer and longer still. In those first few episodes, I was asking all the right questions to find all the right answers for you as a creator. The coaching step of the cult creator experience is so unique to you, your goals, your audience, and your personal preference to content creation. So those episodes were shorter because it was more about asking the right questions for you to discover. And since we've moved to the create step, there are a lot more sort of hard and fast guidelines and things I wanted to share with you to help you create incredible content to establish and engage your followers. So wrapping up the third and final phase of the create step, I unpack the deeper details of post-production beyond what editing software you use or whether you export a mono or a stereo file. I shared my editing fundamentals, my enhanced not-fix approach to post-production, although definitely not always possible, and understanding that the quickest and easiest way to get a great end result is to get the content right at the pre-production phase and the production phase. Taking the time to plan and to record plenty of material will make post-production all the more fun and be more of a polishing exercise as opposed to building a podcast from scraps. We talked about your podcasting product and promise, making sure that your content aligns with your brand values and the expectation of your listeners. I discussed the user experience and showing respect for the listener's time and attention. It is highly unlikely that an individual that has a bad listener experience will come back and become a follower. I did this with the Joe Rogan experience. When he started his podcast, I got so frustrated with the audio quality that I never returned, even though it has greatly improved its standards. Another editing fundamental was ethical editing, asking the big questions of whether we should edit and do we need to edit. Did our contributors agree to have their voices edited in any way, shape or form? And does this encroach on your authenticity as a producer? I spoke about creating engaging, entertaining and educational content and using post-production to ensure we deliver one of those three. We talked about the use of storytelling through sound, including music. And the biggest unintentional mistake in post-production over editing. I also shared the importance of post-production on the next phases of the cult creator experience. Creating marketing assets, understanding the media needed to be published, being clear on your messaging, and learning to copyright to support your podcast. 
And my final talking point on this podcast was about the wonderful process of repurposing your content. How can we make a single podcast work for us far beyond the individual episode being published and that solitary social media post? You can tell I'm a post-production specialist, can't you? I could waffle on about this for ages. So in my mind, post-production should always be approached with the question, why am I making this alteration? There is always the law of diminishing returns with post-production and editing, and it is very true in podcasting. Some podcasters stand by the no edit rule and others want to craft content that is special for their audience. There is no right or wrong way to edit your content as long as it meets the expectations of your audience and your brand. And my top tip, if it sounds bad to you, change it or drop it. It's all about making the right first impressions and starting off with your best foot forward in building your know, understand, like and trust relationship with your listener. And that is us. I'd like to thank you for listening and being part of the Cult Creator experience. I really appreciate it. I'm always happy to get feedback. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to discuss, please reach out to me. And if you want to start your own cult creator experience and become a cult leader in your industry, head to www.cult.media to get your free strategy session. And until next time, be good. Be good.